Hey, Katie. Hi, Ben. So today I hear we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, dimensionality reduction. We are, but with a twist that I didn't tell you until just now. I am going to talk about dimensionality reduction not in any data science or machine learning sense. In fact, not in the sense that you were probably thinking about it all. I'm going to try to convince you before the end of the episode Hmm. that there is such a thing as fractional dimensions because I think that would be kind of fun. What? <laughs> so so one dimension is a this line. This is oh right? yes. Two dimensions is like a surface. Wait, hold hold, Three hold dimensions on, hold is on. Volume. Hold on. This is content. You are listening to <laughs> linear digressions. Okay, what? Okay. Fractional, fractional di- dimensions. Yes. What? Yeah. Okay. So Can, I'm I'm walking you through the idea first of all that we agree that there's a thing called dimensions, right? Right. I and live in 3D space. Integers. Uh-huh. We think uh, of them as integers. Yeah. This is not me getting all relativistic here with, like, Einsteinian space-time. This is Wait, can, me can, getting... Hmm? Can I just break down, like, how I see this? Yes. Um I live in a 3D world. Mm-hmm. That means I can move left, right, forward and backward, up and down. That's yes. X, Y, Z, or actually X, Z, Y in, in the... I guess it doesn't really matter in math. I, it, I come from computer graphics, and in that case, it, it definitely does matter. But anyway, um... I, how, so the reason that it's integers is that I can't say, all right, I can move left, right, but only, only half of that dimension. Like that doesn't make, that's nonsensical. Like Um, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I didn't say that, that this was going to make sense. I said I was going to try to convince you. You haven't let me convince you yet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just telling you like where I'm starting from. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, This is a little crazy. So this is, like I said, a little bit outside of the field of data science or statistics or anything like that. This is coming to us from more like pure mathematics. I am not a mathematician, so there are probably like some subtleties here that I'm going to miss. But um, And I'm not going to correct them because I'm even further from a mathematician. (laughs) I got to linear algebra and I I don't know, domains, I just kind of got lost. Sure, sure. Um, But so this is a a result from, this is a paper that was written in the 60s. In the 60s? Yes. Okay. That's a long Uh, time ago. I I expected you to say, like, it came out last month. No, 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 no. This is is pretty, actually, like, one of the classics of math, you might say. Uh, The title of the paper is, How Long is the Coast of Britain? Oh, I've heard of this. Uh, Yeah. And the, the... author is Benoit Mandelbrot, who's a very famous mathematician. Right. And he's famous because of like the field of mathematics that he opened up with this paper. Or this paper is maybe, I don't know if this was like the first one or anything, but it's extremely readable and it makes the case very clearly. So this, this one's super famous. Can I, can I summarize what I know and you can tell me if I'm wrong? Sure. Um, what I remember of this paper is, let's say that you are, uh, so I mean, back in the 60s they didn't have this, but uh, nowadays in movies you have these zoom in shots where you fly into earth and you see, you know, the coast of Britain and you get closer and you see all of the little, you know, more crevices and you see the bay and you get closer and you see, uh, you know, even more little crevices and you keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in. Uh, you can imagine this shot in like a, a Hollywood film, except they'd probably be zooming into a car chase instead. Not something <laughs> so banal as grains of sand, but if you were to like, if you were to freeze time and you were to look at it from really far back, you could 
you could imagine, you know, you take a picture and then you, you take a ruler or you take a, a little piece of string or something and you uh, outline the coast of Britain from way, way, way back and your string is, let's say, uh, you know, 10 inches or something like that. 10, 10 centimeters. Uh, and then you get closer and now there are all, all of these little nooks and crevices that you didn't see before when you were further out. And so you do the same exercise and you find that you actually need more string because that string needs to go in and out and in and out and in and out all of these little crevices. And you get closer and closer and closer and you find more and more crevices until you get all the way down to grains of sand and you say, okay, well, let's say that this grain of sand is, uh, is on land and this grain of sand is submerged, so it's actually in water. Now you're you're tracing an even more ridiculously long path, right? So the measurement of how long the coast of Britain is depends on the granularity, uh, funny, sand, granule, <laughs> uh, the granularity uh, with which you measure uh, the coast of Britain. Yeah, I is think that, we're done. Is that, is that not is obvious? That, a that proves that there's, yeah, that was perfect. Uh, does that is that not enough to prove why there's fractional dimensions? What? No, I'm no, just kidding. no. <laughs> of course not. Of course it isn't. But no, you got it right. You got it right. So the okay. whole point is that yeah, the distance that you measure for the coast of the, the how long is the coastline of Britain? Coastline, not cosine. Um, how long is the coast of Britain? <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, don't tell me there's a cosine of Britain now. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess you of. could reduce it to a number or something, but. Um, Right, but you're right that the that the distance that we measure here is dependent on basically the size of the the scale of the steps that we're taking in making that measurement. So are we measuring this on a where our unit of measurement is a uh, hundred yards long, ten feet long, an inch long, and depending on which one of those scales we're looking at, we're going to come up with different answers exactly the way that you said it. Incidentally, this works for the coast of California too. Well, I mean, you can make this, this works argument for, all for every coast. coast. <laughs> yeah. This is right. this kind of feels like fractals to me. Uh, it is. This is this is fractals. Got it. Yes. Um, and so the question that you might ask is, what does this have to do with fractional dimensions? Which would be a very good question. Well, it starts with FRAC. <laughs> sure. Uh, besides, is that actually besides the linguistics? Well, I'm sure they share the same root. Okay. Um, Coincidence. But yeah, so it's trying is trying to. Um, generalize this idea and and what does this say about dimensions so let me start by kind of taking our conversation and taking a big step sideways with it and saying how do we define dimensions and this definition of dimension i'm going to posit here a definition of dimensions and how we can like think about them Mm -hmm. and then the place where we're going to go with this is demonstrating that a dimension doesn't have to be an integer okay so the question is how do you define a dimension I don't like this. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like you're you're lining me up on a on a track to understand something that I just I feel like viscerally I don't want you to don't accept. don't want to. No. Um, yeah. Well, hang hang on. Okay. Okay. So imagine that you have uh, your dimension or your your unit of measurement. We're talking about like there's a unit of measurement. We were talking about it in the context of the coastline, like how big are our steps. That unit of measurement, let's take an example here of how we're going to like measure different things of, you know, one dimension, two dimension, three dimensions. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the fundamental um, unit of measurement for each of these dimensions we're going to say is one inch. So I'm going to start with like a three inch line. Okay? I, I kind of want it to be centimeter. Okay. Because meter just feels better. I mean, I, I grew up in America. this is your podcast, Ben. 
I mean, and mine, but like, you know, we can do whatever we want here. It can okay, be- can we do furlong? <laughs> okay. No. Inches, inches fine. Okay. So our unit yeah. of measurement here is one inch and we have a three inch line and we're measuring it in units of one inch. And so we say that if you take a three inch line, you can divide it into three equal pieces that do not overlap and that when you line them up end to end, take the full distance of our, that's the full length of our line segment Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the way that we would describe like how big is one unit of measurement here, there's three of them and each of them is one third the total length of the line, right? Okay. I'm following you so far. Okay. So now instead of a line, we're going to look at a square and it's three inches on each side now instead of just being three inches long it's three inches by three inches and so how many and so now our fundamental unit of measurement instead of being a one inch line is going to be a one inch square and how many one inch squares can we fit into a three by three inch square that'd be three times three is nine right okay so we have nine squares of size one ninth Okay, nine so, squares of size one of size one ninth. Okay. Yeah. So we started with three line segments of size size one third. Right. We now have nine squares of size one ninth. And just for funsies, let's take it to three dimensions. So now we have a cube, which is three by three by three. This is going to be how many cubic inches? Three cubed, because right. it's three by three by three. So three times three times three is twenty-seven. So that means that we've got three. Sorry, that means that we got 27 one by one by one, which are all 1 27th of the total cube. Yep. So we started with three times one third in one dimension. Mm-hmm. Two dimensions, we said nine times one ninth. In three dimensions, we could say, we say it's 27 times 1 27th, right? But in each of these cases, sort of like the side of each measurement is three inches, right? So it's a three inch line, it's a three by three inch square, it's a three by three by By three three. inch cube, right? So the common structure here is that we can say that it's three times one third. We say it's nine times one over three squared. We say it's 27 times one over three cubed. So in other words, like the fundamental unit that we're working with here, which is one inch at a time, we have three of them in the first iteration. We have three squared of them in the second iteration in two dimensions. We mm. have three cubed of them in the third iteration when we're looking at volume. So And the so the connection. point is there's, yeah, there's an exponent here. In each of these cases, the exponent, which is one, two, three, in the case of length, area, and then volume. Right, that corresponds that, to the number of dimensions. That exponent is the number of dimensions, right. So 3 to the n, where n is the number of dimensions that we're measuring in. Yes. And so what Mandelbrot said is there's something called a similarity ratio. And a similarity ratio is basically how many pieces do you have to divide this geometrical object into? So in the case that we gave here, it's three pieces for a line, it's nine pieces for a square, it's 27 pieces for a cube. And so the similarity ratio is one third in the case of a one dimensional object is one ninth in the case of the two dimensional object is one twenty seventh in the case of the three dimensional object. And so there's an implicit exponent basically there that controls how many 
of the small pieces you have to put together to make the bigger piece. So in the case of one dimension, that exponent is one. In the case of two dimensions, that exponent is two. This is the exponent on sort of the the denominator of this Mm -hmm. fraction here. Um, In three dimensions is three. And so in other words, you have a fraction here. You have a similarity ratio, which is governing how many pieces you need to make the whole. You have, you're expressing that in terms of an exponent on sort of a, on the denominator of that ratio. And so you Mm -hmm. can rearrange the formula in such a way that you can get the exponent standing by itself. You just take the log of both sides and then you divide them. And so you can say that exponent that we're solving for, we call it D, is equal to the ratio of the log of the number of segments that it takes or the number of pieces Mm -hmm. divided by the similarity ratio, which remember was like one third, one ninth, one one twenty seventh. So the place where I'm going with this is basically we found a way to express the dimension D in terms of this ratio of logs of N, which is related to how many of these like little pieces that it takes to assemble a whole, and then R of N, which is the similarity ratio. And usually those two scale together in a way that's very predictable, and so we end up with that ratio being an integer. But in general, it's just a ratio, and you can put, say, 22 on top and 7 on the bottom, and that's going to give you something that's approximately pi, and pi is obviously not an integer. So Wait. as soon as we've expressed it as, as a ratio, mm. we've kind of broken the rule that it has to be an integer. All right, hold on. Tell me, tell me once again. Let's take the 22 sevenths example. The thing on the top is 22. The thing on the bottom is 7. What's, what's the thing on the top and the thing on the bottom again? Right, so let me take it back to the coast of Britain example because okay. I think that you know this, this makes it a little bit less abstract and a little bit more intuitive. So in the case of the coast of Britain, the thing on top is the log of the distance that we measure. So how the log big of around... the distance we measure, how long that string was. Yes. Well, let's imagine it as a chain um, because. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and so the size of the links on the chain is basically. Oh, that's the step that's size. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. Um, so we have two different chains that we're going to measure it with, or let's say we're going to measure it with like five or 10 different chains and the, the links on the chains, let's say there's 10 different chains and on the, the coarsest one, the links of the chain are a hundred feet long. Okay. And then on the most finely grained one, let's imagine the links of the chain are one millimeter. And obviously you could go bigger than, uh, you know, a hundred feet or whatever it was I said. Sure, it's like a thought experiment. And you go smaller than a millimeter. Um, But let's say you have, you know, those are our two extrema and you have another eight points in between just for funsies, right? Okay, big chain looks super awkward, very unwieldy, but thought experiment. (laughs) Right. And so you've got, yes, yeah. mm -hmm. So so the the length of the chain is the thing on top. The the log of the length of the chain is the thing on top. Yes. Once you've done your measurement, the total length of the chain and... So that's sort of like your measurement of this is the length of the coast of Britain. Right. Um, and then on the bottom is the log of the size of an individual link. Oh, on that chain? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So as you measure using different chains. You could imagine, for example, plotting, making a plot that's yeah. the log of total li- chain length on the y-axis, and you have the log of the link size on the x-axis, and you have 10 points that are kind of falling along in some pattern uh, that's showing you the relationship between those two logarithms. 
and you imagine that then you can fit a line to that to those data points and if the slope of that line is one if that's like a 45 degree angle then what that is is that's basically saying like the dimensionality is one because we've defined the dimensionality as the ratio between those two logarithms and so we say then that's a one-dimensional quantity but what we find when we actually measure the coast of Britain, I guess they've done some measurements like this. Not with real I'm kind of chance. curious how they actually did that, to, to yeah. be totally honest. But... Um, well, Google we, Maps probably is a big help. <laughs> sure. Um, we take them at their word that that someone went out and took a few measurements like this, and they made this plot. They fit a line to, to those measurements of the you know, the relationship between the distance that you measure and the size of the scale that you're measuring it on. And when they fit that line, they find that instead of the slope being one, it's something like 1.21 or 1.25, depending on sort of like how recently this measurement was made and what technology it was made with. And so the point is, this is a fractional dimension. Um, It's somewhere between one and two, which is interesting. Uh, The reason Mm. they picked Britain is because apparently the west coast of Britain is very irregular. It's got a lot of like wiggles and curves and stuff going on there. Um, So this should be the the case in which the scale at which you measure it will make a lot of difference as opposed to if it's very, very smooth, then it shouldn't make as much of a difference. So this is kind of like a nice test bed. Um, In fact, they have for a bunch of different countries you can look up sort of like what their the dimensionality of their coastline is because different countries have different topologies here. But the point is that per our definition of dimensionality, uh, the the dimension here is actually not one. It's a fraction. So, hmm. You sound unconvinced. This is, well, okay. Like, I am, I am, I, uh, this is, math is, math is weird because when... I did great in physics. I did great with things that I could see. Not EM physics, but but things that I could see and touch and gears and and like even things like like friction that I could observe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but the the thing about math that's always been a little difficult for me is is you can easily get into these realms where everything is still consistent, but it's not really like you can't imagine it, you know. You can't go out and observe a 1.25 dimensional space or something like that, even though mathematically it makes sense that it exists. <clears throat> so, in in that way, I am frustratingly convinced. <laughs> You're convinced, but you don't want to. I, <laughs> I am convinced, but I don't. I I guess I just. This was a this was a bad expectation to to set for myself. But I think at the beginning I accidentally set the expectation that okay, by the end of this episode, I will be able to imagine a fractional dimension and I have not gotten there. But I I am convinced that fractional dimensions exist because math. Because math. Yeah, and that's the thing that's kind of cool is that you <clears throat> kind of follow the trail of breadcrumbs and each step is totally intuitive and makes a lot of sense yeah. um, but and yet they lead you in this really weird dimension <laughs> direction <laughs> <laughs> that yeah i think we should end with that <laughs> linear digressions is a creative commons endeavor which means you can share or use it any way you like just tell them we said hi 
To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.